You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast once again for Tuesday, May the 17th of 2022. Cardinals were able to earn a split today against the New York Mets. It's going to be a fun show talking about it. I am the host of the show, Lucas Smith at LJ Fastball on Twitter. As you can see if you're watching on YouTube, um, at LO underscore Cardinals is the show, Twitter and Instagram handle. And you can email the show anytime at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, hopefully I was able to edit it a little bit better. The connection issues are still there, but we're going to muscle on through. and uh, It's going to be a good show regardless as the Cardinals especially uh, it's going to be a good show, especially since the Cardinals were able to earn a split excuse me, against the New York Mets today. And they were able to earn it not because they turned things around offensively in Game 2. It wasn't because the offense broke out and all of a sudden it was an offensive barrage for the Cardinals and they, they silenced all the doubters and haters. No, they were just able to find a way to win. Somehow, some way, borderline unexplainable, <laughs> but they were able to find a way to win against the New York Mets. We're going to start with Game 2. That's a little bit fresher in my, in my mind anyways as I record late Tuesday night uh, for Tuesday's show. It was a game that, we, you know, Mats got the start. And we're going to start with Steven Mats. He, he he was solid. Five innings, struck out seven. Gave up a couple of homers uh, for a couple of solo shots. One to uh, Mark Canna, the other were to Eduardo Escobar. I don't know how that Escobar home run got out. That was a really... Solid pitch, I thought, by Steven Matz. It was one that, you know, I was so pretty impressed with. Fastball, low and away. It was a ball, I thought, too, first and foremost. So, uh, But at the end of the day, Escobar headed out. But Matz was still solid. Struck out the side in the fifth. I really thought Marmol was going to let him roll there for a little bit. But nevertheless, he does get taken out, which is fine. You know, not, not a huge, terrible decision. But he, he was solid. I tweeted out his line last time when he was facing the New York Mets as a visitor in Queens was last year as a Toronto Blue Jay. He went like five and two-thirds, gave up three runs, two earned, or something like that. And I tweeted out, like, if, if this is the Mets line that we get tonight, great. That's a win. I will take that line any day of the week, um, especially, you know, just considering that the Cardinals right now, they just need some length out of their starters in five innings, what it would have just done it. And Mats gave us that line, arguably a little bit of a better line. Like I said, five innings, still two earned runs. He struck out seven. He was solid. The fastball velocity was there. He just ran into a couple of long at-bats against the Mets hitters today. And that's why he wasn't able to go longer than five. He wasn't able to put hitters away quickly. Gave up a couple of two-out, two-strike runs here and there. But at the end of the day, Steven Matz, that's a solid start for Matz. And offensively speaking for the Cardinals in game two, you got a little bit better with, with, you know, the Cardinals able to answer there early with the Goldschmidt double. Goldschmidt again later in the game. You saw some good things overall, but still a lot to be desired offensively speaking. And even the, the go-ahead hit, the go-ahead run uh, by T- Tyler O'Neill. I think I read it was hit like 45 miles an hour or something. Little ground ball to third base. Escobar double clutches, and O'Neal ends up using his speed to beat it out. Baseball's a long season. 162 games, 180-some-odd days. It's a long season. You're going to have games like today where, you, where the ball just bounces your way at the end, and you're able to get a win. Today was one of those days for the St. Louis Cardinals. 
Because even in the bottom of the ninth, which we'll talk about in just a minute, Giovanni Gallegos was not nails, as they say. He was not 100% solid. Henderson Cabrera was, coming into a messy situation that Andre Pallante put him in. But Giovanni Gallegos was not. There's no secret there. But he was still able, just like the Cardinals' offense was, was able to find a way to win. And that's what you have to do in doubleheaders. So you have to do, especially in doubleheaders on the road. Because now you give yourself a situation where you just have to win one of the next two days and you earn yourself a split in the series. The hard work, hard part's done, in my opinion. Obviously, the, the pitching matchup the next couple of days aren't entirely kind to the St. Louis Cardinals. But d- despite all the negatives we could talk about offensively that, that are there offensively, the biggest positive for Game 2 specifically, the Cardinals were able to find a way to win. I said that a lot, I know, but it wasn't pretty. The Cardinals were 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position in the first game and just 3 out of 13 in the second game. So it's not as if they dominated with runners in scoring position and that's why they were able to find a way to win. They were able to just grind together just enough at-bats. Yeah, you saw O'Neill, Carlson, and Donovan. Brendan Donovan, even, who's had a great start to the se- his, se- his career. You, you saw all of them take some pitches down the middle for strike three that weren't good at-bats. O'Neill wasn't able to come through with the bases loaded earlier in the game, despite hitting a hard line drive to center field, so that isn't out, you know, net negative. Somehow, someway, Escobar with the double clutch, O'Neill's speed, Cardinals win. And that, to me, is a good point as well, talking about Tyler O'Neill and his speed. Even when O'Neill is struggling, which he is right now, there is no denying that Tyler O'Neill is struggling right now. Zero denying that. I'm not denying that. But the point I am making is that some guys, if they struggle, they're net negative. They're not going to do anything for your team. That's it. Like if Albert Pujols struggles, offensively speaking, there's really not much you're going to be able to do with him. He's not going to give you great defense. He's not going to give you great speed. He's not going to be able to beat out many infield singles. He's just a net negative. But when Tyler O'Neill struggles with weak contact, he can still find a way to get on base. And he did just that in the ninth inning tonight. He was able to put the ball in play, which is something that O'Neill has struggled with immensely this season. Struck out three times in the first game. Another, Another... two, three times in the second game. He has struggled immensely at putting the ball in play. But he's able to do that in the top of the ninth and get the job done for the St. Louis Cardinals. Another player who's able to get the job done, Giovanni Gallegos. Yeah, it wasn't easy. It wasn't a breeze. But <laughs> he got the job done. At the end of the day, that's what he did. Strikes out. Lindor to end it. When I, when I when Lindor came up, I really felt like this was going to be one of those games that was going to escape the Cardinals' hands. You know, they, you had the pass ball that Kisner gave up. You have the, the ball that O'Neill didn't call off Donovan. You have just all these little things that you think, man, this really is not going to be the Cardinals' day. This is really going to be a sweep for the Mets in the doubleheader. Because when Lindor came up, I just really thought, he's going to hit a home run. He's going to end it. But Giovanni Gallegos dug deep, struck him out in a high heater, ball game over. Giovanni Gallegos' seventh save. Getting a, a little bit of a flashback to uh, Alex Reyes in the closer's role in the sense of 
these wins aren't coming easy for Giovanni Gallegos and the St. Louis Cardinals. The saves aren't, especially for Gallegos when he comes in. But he's not walking, guys, at the rate that Reyes was last year. So that's a good thing. But all this to say, I've said it a couple times already, probably more than a couple. This is a win that borderline might might define the early part of the season, that the second game is anyways. But it's a win that, that just goes to show sometimes the ball is going to bounce your way. Tonight it did for the Cardinals. Despite the, the little mini errors that I talked about uh, with the pass ball and the O'Neal letting the ball drop and things of that nature. At the end of the day, the very end, when, when all 27 outs for each team were recorded, the ball bounced the Cardinals' way. They were able to secure a winning game one. And you saw some really good work out of the bullpen, not including Andre Pallante, Ryan Helsley, which charged an unearned run. But Cabrera came in. He was extremely solid. So that, that, that just continues the theme of good bullpen work. You also saw it as well in Game 1. And I want to get my thoughts on Game 1 because Game 1, for the St. Louis Cardinals' perspective, was a game that was just sluggish. It was just bad. So I want to talk about Game 1 coming up here in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Because I want to just, just paint a picture for you here just for just a moment. Imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting and then opening your eyes and realizing that it was only 150 calories and 16 full grams of protein. That's what it's like to eat a built birthday cake puff from Built. I just received my birthday cake puffs in the, in the mail. I've never had anything like this before. It is so delicious, and still so healthy. As I just read, it's the, literally the best of both worlds. I encourage you to go to Built.com now to get your own. And if you haven't tried the puffs, I'll let you in on a little secret, because that's what friends do, and we're friends, right? Uh, a chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. That's what it is. You heard me correctly. Delicious-flavored marshmallow covered 100% in real chocolate. Make every day your birthday with Built's birthday cake puffs, Built has the delicious experience of biting into a fresh slice of birthday cake covered in 100% white chocolate and added sprinkles. Go to Built.com to get birthday cake puffs now as well as any other Built Bar products because they have new flavors each and every day. Go to Built.com right now and be sure to use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off your order. One more time, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% checkoff at Built.com. Game one was a game that I was honestly more hopeful for from a Cardinals perspective. He didn't know what Steven Matz was going to do in a return to, to New York, second return since he left the Mets. Uh, adrenaline might be there. Yeah, I, you know, the, the positive side, of the, which, I, which I talked about on Monday, was that he would bounce back from his last start against the Mets in St. Louis, that he would learn from it. But I was more confident, honestly, in game one. You had Michaelis on the mound. You had a little bit of momentum from Sunday Night Baseball. In game one, it was more of the same in terms of the theme of feast or famine. I'll talk about this coming up a little bit here in segment number three about that theme. But the offense was just non-existent against the, the Mets pitching staff. Uh, that was pretty much a bullpen game. You had Trevor Williams go four innings. Uh, Jackson Reed and Seth Lugo, Smith and Diaz close it out with... Uh, a little bit of drama in that ninth inning. But from the Cardinals' perspective, the offense just was not there. Struck out 13 times. Yeah, they walked three, but they only had only were able to register six hits. 
were the St. Louis Cardinals. Six hits. Mets only registered eight hits, seven of them coming against Miles Michaelis. But Miles Michaelis was, you know, maybe not really good per se, but he was good. Six innings, seven hits, three runs. Two of those were earned. A walk and five punch outs. Packy Naughton came in, gave an inning of two-thirds of solid work, and then Nick Wickren closed it out in the bottom half of the eighth for his one out to help the help the bullpen. Because really, when you lose a game like that, you only have to go through Naughton and Wickren. No disrespect to those two. That's a pretty good, you know, pretty good scenario to find yourselves in from the St. Louis Cardinals perspective. To say, okay, yeah, we lost the game, but we didn't use any of our eighth-year guys. We didn't use a Helsley, a Cabrera, a Gallegos. We were able to, to get by with who we had, for, in, in a sense. And from a Cardinals perspective, that's pretty solid. And Miles Michaelis just continues, in my opinion anyways, to, to, to just straight up impress. To put himself in the conversation, in the conversation, mind you, of a Cy Young. Yes, he was tagged with the loss today, and he wasn't necessarily phenomenal today. But if he continues pitching like he has this, this, these first month and a half, He's going to be in that conversation by year's end. He was in that conversation at year's end in 2018 when he was one of the best pitchers in baseball that year. He was. There's no question about that in my mind. Zero. None. Nada. And Miles Michaelis continued to impress in game one today. Maybe let's see a little bit more length out of him. Excuse me. Uh, but at the end of the day, six innings is solid. It's extremely solid. But offensively speaking, because we've got to talk offense, O'Neal struggled. He was able to get a hit late in that game. But it was the definition of a struggling game for the Cardinal offense. We'll talk about feast or famine in a little bit. But there, there were a couple of moments in this game. You know, the Cardinals, like I mentioned in segment number one, were 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position. There were a couple of moments early in this game that you thought, okay, got a little bit of momentum. O'Neal, or not O'Neal, I'm sorry, um, Goldschmidt and Molina. Nope, was wrong again. Goldschmidt and Arenado come up with a couple runners on base, starting with less than two outs. Cardinals don't score. O'Neal doesn't come through later in the game. So the Cardinals had six chances, six at-bats with runners in scoring position. Could not come through. It was an offense that just could not get anything going outside of those handful of chances that I talked about. But credit to the Mets bullpen and Williams for the first, first scenario. They were able to find out. And if you if you listen to the first segment, you know, some, I don't know, some guys might try and fast forward through to get to the, the games they want to talk. But the first segment, I talked a lot about finding a way to get the job done. The Mets found a way to get the job done on in game number one. Plain and simple. Offense was, was just a little bit better than the Cardinals was. Uh, Cardinals, you know, you saw the home run from, from Goldschmidt late to give the Cardinals life. But I want to go, go through this ninth inning here for just a moment. Because the ninth inning, you saw a little bit of life from the St. Louis Cardinals offense, despite being it against Edwin Diaz and the first two men striking out. Molina and uh, Dylan Carlson both struck out swinging. O'Neill got the base hit that I mentioned. Brendan Donovan worked a really good at-bat to draw a walk. And then Harrison Bader comes up. Bader's struggling to start the year a little bit. You know, maybe not overly strong. He puts together a pretty solid at-bat. Missed a heater up. Maybe fouled it off. I can't remember. Had a check swing in the at-bat to foul a baseball off. Laid off a couple of really good sliders in the dirt. 
hooked one fouled on the left field line that was decently hard. But then you take two sliders in the dirt, like I mentioned, back-to-back. Run the count full. Runners are going to be off with the pitch. Base it, and the gap will tie it. I would say if I was Diaz, I was going to go fastball up. Because Bader had proven to that point of the at-bat to, to lay off a couple sliders in the dirt, which Bader, well, first of all, ended up being retired by a slider in the dirt. But that was that has been his MO his career, throwing breaking balls down and away. He'll swing and miss through him. And they ended up swinging right through a slider, down and away after taking the two prior. I'm not a major league baseball player. I'm not going to go up there and have any shred of hope getting a hit against a 99-mile-an-hour four-seam fastball and then a wicked slider down and away in the high 80s, low 90s. I don't have a shot. But for me, the pitch recognition there, okay, he's gone two sliders down. I'm only pulling the trigger if I see something up. Because if he goes down, I'm out. At least that's the way I think about it. And especially with Harrison Bader being at the plate, maybe you think to yourself, he's not going to see a good pitch to hit. They're going to try and get you out away down with breaking stuff, just like players have their entire careers. His entire career, I should say. I just thought that wasn't the greatest of at-bats to end a game by Bader. He saw some pitches. Don't get me wrong, it was maybe one of the better at-bats that, that Bader has put together in a while. But I just wasn't overly impressed with the end-of-game at-bat that Harrison Bader had in that moment against Edwin Diaz. Those are my thoughts. Let me know your thoughts uh, about the, the Bader at bat, about games one and two, about the doubleheader, about it all, because there's plenty to discuss. Plenty to discuss, and I'll talk about it a little bit more coming up here. In segment number three, I want to talk a little bit more about the feast or famine offense that we're seeing right now from the St. Louis Cardinals, because it continues to be a theme for the Cardinal offense. Whether we want to ignore it, whether we want to talk about it or not, it doesn't matter. It, it, it's just a continuing theme that needs to be discussed. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. But this episode is brought to you in part by rockauto.com because with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto boat store to stock all the parts you need. Why would you endure pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter order the parts from their computer, choosing only the parts that their warehouse happens to carry at that time and place? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket on the go. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Don't choose to spend up to double for the same parts. For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump costs $353 from the chain store, just $216 from rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for each and every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. While the feaster famine didn't necessarily show itself between games one and two, we did continue to see this theme for the Cardinals from, from day to day. You saw the 15-run outburst against the Giants. And then you see you know, the rain delay, the, the, the rain out, the postponement uh, of the game on Monday. And then you see that the offensive performance today. 
yeah, the Cardinals were able to find a way, scratch, fight, and claw, that they found a way to somehow pull out a split today and to, to get a win in game two. That's great. That's wonderful. That's fantastic. But you still saw the Cardinals' offense famished today. They struck out 13 times in game one. They were just 3 of 13 with runners in scoring position in game two. The positives that I talked about from game two in segment number one are still there. They are still there even with the following point. You're going to have games where the ball doesn't bounce your way. And in the games where the ball doesn't bounce your way, where things don't just work out the way you want them to, going 3 for 13 with runners in scoring position, having a pass ball, having a miscommunication, those things don't bode well for you. Not trying to give credit to the, of the win today just to the baseball guys and it was just luck, it was just happenstance. No, I'm not trying to say that. What I am saying is that the Cardinals can put themselves in a better position to win than they did today. The feast or famine is not sustainable for 162. You're going to need to find a way to be consistent. If you average, let's just say, 10 runs over two days, okay? Ricky Horton talked about this on the radio broadcast a couple days ago. If you score 10 runs over two days, would you rather score nine runs the first day and then one run the second day? Or would you rather score five runs the first day and five runs the second day? Because when you look at just the playing stat of 10 runs a game, you're thinking that's pretty good. I'll take 10 runs a game any day of the week. (laughs) But you're looking at how those 10 runs are being scored. You're going to want a more even distribution. You're going to want 5-5. and That gives you a better chance to win both games. 9-1. and That second game, you're going to need a literal shutout to win. Shutouts don't come very often, especially in today's baseball. I think I saw a stat today on, on TV that the Cardinals are averaging six and a half runs a game per win and about two runs a game per loss. Yet another stat proving the feast or famine offense for the St. Louis Cardinals. If you don't think it's feast or famine, if you think this offense is fine as is, I'm sorry, we need to have a conversation. Drop something in the YouTube comments section. Email me at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. DM me on Twitter at LJFastball. DM the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. Because this offense is not, I repeat, is not fine as is. It is just simply not. O'Neal had a couple hits today. An infield hit, a line drive base hit in the first game. Maybe this is a little bit of momentum. Just a little bit. Get something to get him going. Get his confidence up. Get his mental side up. That's great. Harrison Bader needs to get it going. Dylan Carlson, a nice little stretch here and there, but he needs to find consistency. Kisner or Molina. Molina's done a nice job recently. Kisner had another hit today. You need that to be more consistent as well. Arnado and Goldschmidt are really fine. Edmund had a triple today. He's fine. But you still have some very key players that are not find that need to find consistency to help this offense sustain success and really help this team find success because the starting pitching has been better than advertised in my opinion as a whole the bullpen has been as advertised if not better than as advertised 
the offense has been the one part of this team that has really been subpar, that has really been worse than expected. And they're going to be, over the course of 162, plenty of times that different things are better than expected. No one's predicting a perfect season, or predicts a season perfectly, I should say. But the offense, simply put, needs to be better. It starts tomorrow. It starts, or if you're listening on Wednesday, it starts today. When it starts now. It's going to be a tall task against Scherzer and Bassett for the rest of this week. It is not going to be easy for this offense. I, you know, I talked about this at length a couple weeks ago, or last week, saying that this is a bad time for the Cardinal offense to go, to go cold, to be inconsistent the way they are, because they have Max Scherzer going on the mound tomorrow to do the Mets, and Chris Bassett on Thursday. And on Thursday, or Chris Bassett, if you remember, pitched really, really well against the Cardinals in his last time out. And Scherzer is Max Scherzer. And also pitched really well against the Cardinals in his last time out. They were able to find a way to win game two today. They weren't in game one. Cardinals need to put themselves in a better position to win, and it starts with offensive consistency. Better at-bats, better pitch recognition, whole nine yards. That's going to do it for today's show. Tomorrow will also be a post-game show after the game Tomorrow, Thursdays will also be a post-game show, but that'll be in the afternoon since it is an afternoon game. Friday will be up early with a preview of the Pittsburgh Pirates series. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen of the day. Be sure to make Locked on MLB your second listen of the day where Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, gives you his take on baseball both past and present. Free and available wherever your podcast just like this podcast. Follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals as well as Instagram. Email the show anytime at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are very close to 1,000 subscribers. And until I talk to you tomorrow, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.